Welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Brooklyn Storm and I help private practice owners align their business back with their soul's calling, with their big vision and with their soul's purpose. Unlike other private practice coaches, I've traveled the world in search of spiritual resources, spiritual tools, education and information so that you can have the transformation that your soul desires and needs so that you can up-level your business. How much fun is this? I love it so much. Guys, if you're not already a member of the Private Practice Monthly Mentorship Group, please check out the show notes. I would love for you to be there. In the meantime, thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's begin. Good morning, everyone. How are you today? If you're listening to this, hello, hello, hello. Uh, okay, yes, my name is Brooklyn Storm. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Now, today uh, perhaps might be a short and sweet episode, but I feel it's super important. Uh, this is me being authentic here, which, of course, as you know, is tricky sometimes because you'd be a little bit vulnerable, don't you, when you put yourself out there. But I believe in standing for things. And to be entirely honest, this episode is a little bit indulgent for me because I'm just going to get on my soapbox for a minute and talk about Medicare and why I 100% disagree with the big push for ACA and PACFA to be getting counsellors onto that program. Now, um, I can just share uh, based on 20 years experience that I had providing services under the medical model with Medicare as a psychologist and compare that to the years I've had working as a counsellor without rebates. And I want to speak to some of the comments that are made by other counsellors and other health professionals about Medicare. Okay. So I think first off, Medicare is a service that's tax taxpayer funded that allows people to pay the full amount, the full fee to their practitioner and receive a little bit back. Okay, so it's kind of like uh, having a little bit of a refund, right? Rebate, refund, quite similar ideas there. And in Australia, um, when we're talking about mental health, there are a range or there is a range of providers that are recognised to provide mental health services under Medicare. So we have um, uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander workers, we have uh, pregnancy support counsellors, we have... Uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, mental health accredited social workers, doctors, and um, who else do we have? I think nurses from memory are in there as well, and OTs, occupational therapists. So a few different types of practitioners can be involved in providing services under Medicare for clients that have a mental health condition, okay? And this brings me to uh, my first, I guess, issue with this is that we have to remember as counsellors, we are not medical professionals, we are not. We do not have, we lack the scientific training uh, in medical models because we made a decision to pursue counselling. 
you did not make a decision to pursue a medical model. You did not make that decision to go and be a psychiatrist or a psychologist, okay? You chose to pursue a career that aligned with you. So why would you then say, oh, actually, I do want to be on, on Medicare? You haven't got the training. The And I don't mean this with offence or anything like that. But as somebody who has got the training, um, I understand the difference uh, between counsellors' training and psychologists' training. And they're very, very different. Psychology is all about the medical model. Uh, To be a psychologist, you have to learn how to do research, clinical trials, lab reports, all of that sort of stuff. You just don't do that in counselling. Okay, Um, psychologists absolutely provide counselling, but they provide so much more than that as well. For example, psychologists absolutely conduct psychological assessments to diagnose mental health conditions. So they do assessments and they diagnose and they treat. They call it treating most of the time instead of therapy, instead of counselling. They call it treatment or therapy because they're referring to something not being right. Okay, there is a malfunction, there is a diagnosis. Now, you and I both know as counsellors that not everybody we work with has a label. nor do they need one. Not everyone that we work with has a diagnosis, nor do they need one. However, how is it going to sit with you to still be seeing those clients, but to then tell them, oh, actually, if you want to get your um, Medicare rebates, you will need to go and get that label. You will need to go and get that diagnosis. How is that even going to sit with you? It's probably not going to sit very well. So why on earth would you be advocating for yourself to be on Medicare? I don't understand that. If there's a reason, please educate me because there's something that I'm missing. But for me, it's out of alignment. It's incongruent with my value system to insist, demand, require that somebody goes and has a diagnosis placed on their permanent medical record just so they can get a discount on their therapy makes no sense to me. I think that's disempowering for your clients. And if that's part of the reason, if you're saying, I want my clients to have rebates, think more deeply about this because I know many of you are about client empowerment and how empowering is it for your clients to go along, go and do a DAS 21 with the doctor or a K10 with the doctor, be told, oh, you have a diagnosis of X, Y, and Z, and then come and see you. Okay, not very empowering, is it? So I don't understand why you would want to put that onto your clients and why you would be okay with that happening. But this is just my opinion. Um, The other thing too about, um, you know, accessing Medicare is not only does it require your clients to be diagnosed with a mental health condition, but did you know that not only does that stay on their permanent record, but having that diagnosis can impact their ability to do all kinds of daily living activities in the community, such as apply for a mortgage, apply for credit. Maybe they want to get a car. Maybe they want to start their own business and they need funding or they need a line of credit or something like that. That information is made available to lenders. 
Now, how empowering is it going to be for that client uh, that you encourage to go and get a Medicare rebate to get a, a discount in the short term to see you? How empowering is it going to be for them to get knocked back for their loans, to get knocked back for their insurance claims, to get knocked back for lines of credit and things like that simply because their doctor ticked a box on a form that said, yes, he's got anxiety or depression or whatever it is the doctor decides to diagnose the client with so they can get a rebate. Probably again, to me, that's not empowering. Okay. The other thing too is, um, I don't know if I mentioned this before or not, because this is the second or third time I've had a go at recording this podcast today. Um, But uh, in case I didn't mention it this time around, let me just go there again quickly. You have to remember why you became a counsellor. Now, when you were, you know, feeling called or, you know, choosing a career, you had so many things to choose from. Why did you choose counselling instead of psychology? Why did you choose counselling instead of accredited mental health social work? Why did you choose counselling instead of medicine? Why did you choose counselling instead of psychiatry? Why did you choose counselling instead of nursing? There must be a reason that you chose counselling. And if you're like me, it was perhaps because you wanted the ability to hold space for a client and support them in finding solutions or resolutions or unpacking or whatever it is that you you like to do with your clients, the outcome that you support them in achieving. You like to do that in a way that feels right for you and for them. Okay. Uh, So how's it going to feel for you? If you do go on to Medicare and you're suddenly dictated uh, to about what types of therapies you absolutely are required to use and if you deviate from them, you have to reimburse Medicare for every single appointment you've had with that client. Even if you only stepped outside the lines once and you get found out, let's say you've seen a client under Medicare for 10 times, 10 sessions, and let's say you're getting, you know, however much, say $80 a, a session rebate, which you wouldn't get as a counsellor. Psychologists get 85 uh, Social workers, I think, are 75 So counsellors are probably going to be, say, 55 But let's imagine that Medicare found out that you provided an intervention that was not approved uh, and they did an audit. And then what's going to happen is they are going to make you repay the rebate, not just for that session, but for every single session. So if you've seen them nine times, or sorry, if you've seen them 10 times, you've gone and provided something that wasn't approved once, you have to give back 10 times the rebate. Is that something you feel really comfortable doing? doesn't feel right for me. Um, I wouldn't do it. In fact, when I was working under Medicare, I had to do things like solution-focused therapy, CBT, da-da-da-da-da. There are other uh, approaches under there, like there's EMDR now and things like that as well. So you have to remember there's no freedom. You've got no sovereignty over how you practice anymore. You are complying with what the government thinks you should provide. Okay, let me just say that again so it sinks in. You are agreeing and complying to deliver the service that the government tells you to deliver to your client. Now, if you're a counsellor who really likes to do person-centred therapy 
or existential therapies or something like that, you know, relationship therapy, you're not going to be able to do this under Medicare. In fact, relationship counselling is not covered under Medicare. It doesn't matter what level you're at of ACA, it is not covered. So you guys aren't going to get a look in for Medicare anyway. But um, with other conditions, you know, how's that going to feel for you? If your default is transpersonal counselling like mine is, and it's not a recognized thing. So instead of you doing the spiritual soul-based, you know, da-da-da-da-da stuff, you're going to have to be doing a manualized treatment approach. How's that going to feel? It's going to feel incongruent again with your values. And how are you going to show up for your clients if you're feeling stifled, restricted, forced to do a, a therapeutic intervention for a client that you know may be better suited to something else that you specialize in or have expertise in or do you know what I mean? So that's something else to consider. And I mentioned there about sovereignty as well. One of the amazing, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things about counseling is that we have sovereignty over the way that we work with our beautiful clients because <laughs> we are a self-regulated industry, okay? We are self-regulated. We're not unregulated. We are self-regulated, okay? ACA and PACFER are not the be-all and end-all. In fact, there are a number of associations that you can be a registered counsellor with, okay? But if you go and you know, you, you're happy to be registered with Medicare, you lose your sovereignty. You lose the ability to, you lose the freedom to um, uh, work in the way that feels right for you and that feels right for the client. You lose that freedom, okay? Uh, not only that, there are extra requirements that are placed onto practitioners that work under Medicare. And some of that is around being audited. Um, when you are audited, it's a really stressful process for many people. Um, you have to have your notes in order. You have to have the file in order. You have, there are certain requirements that the doctor needs to do. And um, if your file shows that the doctor making that referral didn't do it, the doctor doesn't pay, you do. Um, it's, yeah, it's tough going. You just don't have to deal with that when you're working as a counsellor. Uh, I think, you know, you need to be really clear about client expectations as well. You know, when we say um, we want to work under Medicare because we want to provide a more affordable service for clients, you have to think about the type of client that you're going to be working with uh, and the type of expectations that they're going to have. Now, again, with 20 years experience working within that model, what I can tell you is it is tough going. It really is tough going. If you're a bulk billing therapist, which I would never recommend because it leads to burnout, you have to see a high volume of clients, leads to burnout, but you can't run a private practice the same way that you would normally run a private practice as a counsellor. Um, what did I want to say? Some of the client expectations, for example, when you work under Medicare is free sessions. Now, 
very altruistically, you might want to provide them with free sessions. And that means that the client doesn't actually transact any money with you. It means that you send Medicare, you push a button on Halaxy or Core Plus or whatever it is you're using, Clinico, Power Diary, you push a button um, that invoices Medicare and the money comes into your account and it comes in pretty quickly as well. So you get paid by Medicare. Um, if you are charging a fee, so let's say the rebate that you're going to get is about $55 and you want to charge $100 for a session, uh, that's going to be $45 out of pocket for your client. Now, it doesn't mean that the client comes along and gives you $45. The client still has to cough up that $100 first because Medicare can't rebate something that you, ha you haven't received and it's fraudulent for you to process uh, a rebate with, without having processed the full fee. And this is monitored by Medicare. So remember, if your intention is to provide uh, low-cost services and your rebate is 55, you have to charge more than that 55 and it has to be paid to you on that day in order for the client to get the money back. Okay, that's just something to think about. So when you're working in, um, you know, in different areas with different client groups and things like that, be mindful because you're thinking, oh, this is going to be much more affordable, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but they've still got to cough up the full amount. Okay, and even if you charge the average counselling fee, which at the moment is 160, and you got 55 dollars back they're still going to have to come up with $160 cash to give you or you know what I mean, like not cash, but bank transfer or PayPal or credit card or whatever, but they're going to have to pay you that full amount. So they're only getting money back. They've still got to have that money up front to pay you within the first place. The other thing that you need to be aware of with Medicare is the level of admin that is required that you don't get paid for. You're not allowed to charge for it. It can't be done within uh, client sessions and um, it's it's complicated. You have to be on top of it, again, because it's fraudulent if you process Medicare claims without having done all these um, steps with your paperwork. So, for example, uh, you have to know whether or not it's a valid referral before you accept it. Um, if you accept the referral and it's not valid, and Medicare find out you have to pay back the whole lot and then you're triggered for an audit. You don't want that. So there's time gone that you're not going to get paid for running around checking to see if the referral is valid. Um, the other thing is when you receive the referral, you need to send the referring doctor a letter to say you've received it, da, 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 and then you've got to go about booking the client in. Now that client might come, they might not. Um, traditionally, people that access bulk billing services have a really high no-show rate. You know, they're in life situations that make counselling low on the priority list. Um, you know, they're, they're often struggling with other things that many of us fortunately don't struggle with anymore, like they're worried about housing or like they're worried about domestic violence or they're worried about trauma or they're worried about these other things that are more pressing. Um, the other thing is you need to let that doctor know uh, if the person has attended sessions you or not, okay, there's more admin. The other thing is uh, after they've completed a certain number of sessions, you then need to 
send a report back to that referring doctor, tell the client I've got to go back to that referring doctor, uh, have that referring doctor do a what's called mental health care plan review. They do that review and then the doctor decides whether or not the client can come back and finish working with you. Um, and so there's more admin and then you're going to get a letter back and then you're going to have to reopen the file and da-da-da-da and see the client for the next round of sessions and then send another letter back and you've got to keep all these letters somewhere and they all have to be valid, verifiable, everything. And you don't get paid for any of this work. So those of you who are in private practice that are looking for more freedom, that are looking for more balance, Medicare ain't going to be for you. Okay, because it adds to your workload, not just with um, filling your diary with people, but it increases your admin considerably. Okay, uh, what else? Sorry, I'm just looking at my little whiteboard here, my live show notes. Um, what else have I got? Oh, yes, I wanted to say too that. Somebody mentioned something recently in the Counselors Connect Australia group and that was and it was in relation to this whole Medicare issue. Uh, and that was something along the lines of, you know, I don't know anything about Medicare, but I think it'd be great for us to be on it and or or something like they weren't informed or something. And I think that that is that that just hit the nail on the head. There are counsellors out there that don't understand how Medicare works, yet they're beating the drum of we should be on Medicare. I don't understand why you want to be on something that you don't know much about. Um, I feel it's because maybe you're thinking that you'll be a professional. But here's the thing, you already are a professional without Medicare. Maybe you're thinking um, you have a better status uh, maybe you'll be seen differently. But here's the thing, you already have that better status. You're just not embodying it yet because you're too busy looking at what the other professions are doing instead of raising your own profile as, as a counsellor, as a counselling practitioner in our community. Uh, maybe some of you are thinking this is going to really help clients that can't afford to work with me. Well, do you know what? I'm sure it's going to help some of them, but at what cost to you? Okay, and if you do choose to bulk bill, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to get pre. You can't do prepayments first off under Medicare. It's illegal. It's fraud because the requirements of Medicare are that you cannot process a rebate or take a payment for a service that hasn't been provided. So those of you who are taking prepayments in your counselling practice, you will have to set up a whole different system for Medicare because you cannot take prepayments. Uh, also, it's going to be very, very difficult um, for some of you to get cancellation fees from clients. You can't rebate a cancellation fee. So if you have a full fee for less than 24 hours notice as your cancellation fee, and let's say it's $160, um, you, you can't tell the client, well, I'll process your cancellation fee and then I'll process your rebate so you get some money back. That's fraud because the client hasn't received a Medicare service, right? So that client's going to be out of pocket $160. Now, if there's somebody who's already struggling financially, do you think they're going to pay you that money? Probably not. Um, they're going to go and spend that money on something else that's a more important need for them that day, 
like food or petrol or rent or whatever it is. You know, you're not going to be a priority, especially if they're not getting anything back. So understand that. You, yeah, so no prepayments. You can't rebate them for their missed sessions. So they're going to have to, um, you're going to have to look at your cancellation policy around that. So what can end up happening is you end up running two separate processes, two parallel processes. You've got one over here for your traditional private practice, and then you've got another one over here for Medicare. And what's happening to your freedom now? you're losing it. What's happening to your autonomy now? You're losing it. What's happening to your stress? It's increasing. Um, Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't think Medicare is the right place for counsellors. I think if you really want Medicare, go and convert your degree to a psychology degree or go and convert your degree to a social work degree and and follow that path. I don't see the point in counsellors being on Medicare. I just don't get it, Um, especially, especially when ACA and PACFA don't approve psychologists who have been on Medicare since its inception with the whole um, Better Outcomes to Mental Health. That's the name of the um, scheme, Better Outcomes to Mental Health. Uh, psychologists have been on that since the very beginning. ACA and PACFA say, oh, we're not going to recognise psychologists because, y- you know, you don't do what we need you to do. Yeah, counsellors aren't on Medicare yet. Yeah, ACA are pushing and PACFA are pushing for counsellors to be. I mean, it just makes no sense. The left hand doesn't know what the right one's doing here. And it worries me. It really worries me as a fellow health professional, as a fellow counsellor, um, that there are some people that are leading counsellors down the wrong path for murky reasons. I don't understand. There is no reason for counsellors to be on Medicare. If you want to be on Medicare, go for it, you know, go for it. And if that's what you want to do, you know, I'll always support you. Do I think it's the right choice? Personally, no, it's why I opted out. The way you need to work and operate under Medicare is so far removed from my values of sovereignty. I want sovereignty over my practice because I want to be able to honour each and every one of my clients, meet them where they're at and support them where they're at in a way that feels right for both of us, that's within my scope of competence and it's within their scope of need and want and desire. I want that sovereignty over how I advertise. This is the other thing. If you are on Medicare, you're going to have to get rid of all your testimonials and all your reviews because that's that will then be illegal because then you'll be operating under APRA. Okay, so there's also that to to consider. You'll have to get rid of that. Um, you'll have to update your web page and get rid of all your testimonials and, and reviews, get rid of them off Google My Business, which is going to be really hard to do, but you have to do it. You'll have to remove that tab off your Facebook, um, remove all your posts off Instagram that have um, client testimonials, all gone. Okay, you won't be able to use those for your advertising. Um yeah, so it just doesn't align with me. I want to uh, create a practice with soul, from soul, that's in integrity for me. And the longer I worked under that Medicare system, the further and further and further and further apart it felt from my values. And I could see um, 
within myself with my within my energy that this was no longer right for for me I think I moved on from Medicare and I feel counselors just don't appreciate how good you've got it. I know some of you feel like you don't have a place and you feel like you're the poor cousin to social work and psychology, but I'm here to tell you you're not. You are just as equal, just as good as any other practitioner. Stop looking at them for how you think you should be in order to do this, that or the other and start standing up for yourself. Start saying, hey, I'm a counsellor. I'm a professional. This is how I know that. This is what I do. This is what I charge. Okay. Start embodying that version of you and maybe write out a journal prompt for yourself that says something like, I know I'm a professional because da 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 da. I know I get to help my ideal clients because da 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 da. How many ways do I know that I'm a professional? Da 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 da. How many ways do I know that we're all on the same level, that we're all more alike than we are different as health professionals? Da 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 da. Stop this energy of chasing 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 and and allowing yourself to be you know buoyed along by the energy of well if I just get on Medicare then I will be good enough or worthy enough or valuable enough or seen as whatever it is stop that because all that's happening is it's repellent and you're disempowering yourselves you're disempowering your colleagues you're disempowering your clients clients don't want to work in the Medicare model. That's why they come to us. That is our superpower. Okay, so why then are you going to go and put yourself on a medical model? It makes no sense. Um, well, to me anyway. And I just really felt that I needed to speak into this today because I haven't been speaking into it much. Uh, I will do a post on it uh, in the next little while. I have to, sorry, it's... um. Thursday afternoon it's lunchtime I'm on lunch from my PD and so I'm quickly recording this podcast for you before I've got to go back (laughs) Um, and then I'm going away so I don't know when I'm going to get to do this post but I'll do it when I can um, because I feel it's so important and yeah if you don't know much about Medicare um, I don't understand how you can want to be on it I think you really need to do your research first Uh, I think also Um, the other bugbear that I have and again it's just me um, but I feel really uncomfortable with ACA and PACFA pushing to be on Medicare um, saying that they're advocating for all counsellors when actually they're not this is exactly what happened with the Australian Psychological Society um, in the profession I used to be a member of Uh, And it was really, really divisive and it caused trauma for some practitioners. Some practitioners closed their businesses. It was, you know, a bit of an exodus. Um, All of a sudden we noticed a lot of courses that used to be available closed down Um, and now just about every uni offers clinical counselling and maybe one other type of psychology degree. Um, you know, it just became a cash cow for the universities to put everyone into clinical, stuff like that. Um, anyway, so it's just something that I want you to think about. But I guess the big thing that I want you to take away from this podcast today is 
You are enough without Medicare. The services that you provide are amazing because you don't provide Medicare. Clients come to you because you're not going to enforce a Medicare model onto them. They don't need someone else treating them, labeling them, doing all of that stuff. And that's what you're going to be doing under Medicare. All right. So anyway, let me know you know, your thoughts, because I'm really open to having a discussion about this. Uh, It's my vision that we can help counsellors step into the light so that they can see for themselves that they're professional, so that they can stop chasing, stop proving, stop justifying, and just be their professional, amazing, helpful selves and build practices based on that. Okay, that is my big goal for counsellors, not just in Australia, but everywhere. And by hook or by crook, I'm going to do everything in my power to help raise the profile of counsellors in the in the community, not just the professional community, but in the broader community also. So if you're with me, let me know. <laughs> Don't leave me dangling out here. Um, if you're with me, let me know. If you're not, let me know as well and tell me why, because I love learning and I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your opinions. I'm open to changing my point of view on this, but I just haven't seen anything um, that's credible yet that that's anywhere near helping me change my point of view. But as I said, let's discuss it. Let's have an open, respectful discussion about this. And again, if you really do feel the pull to Medicare and that's something that you want to do, go for it. This podcast is not for you. This episode is not for you. I'm speaking to people who are on the fence or people who are uninformed about what Medicare really is and how it works. Um, yes, but if something you want to do, that's great. Go go for it. And I wish you every success with it. Okay. All right, everybody have a beautiful rest of the weekend and I will talk to you when I'm back. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast today. If you're looking for clarity, if you need help with branding, your processes and bringing everything into alignment with your soul's purpose for your private practice, head to the show notes and click the link for more information about the Private Practice Monthly Mentorship Group. You are going to love it. I can't wait to see you in there. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.